Hello and welcome to another edition of the Fox Rugby Podcast. I'm Sam Worthington from foxsports.com.au. I've got uh, Christy Doran and Stephen Halls with me in the podcast room and from a very exotic location we've got Sean Maloney who's at Warringah Mall about to get his back waxed. Is that correct, Shawnee? No, that's not true at all. Are you serious? That's your lead-off. He was telling us us that as a joke. He's not getting his back waxed. That's a 10-man job. He's just there for half an hour getting lunch. So, How are you, Sean? Buddy, good to have you from all the way from Maringham Mall, and lovely to join you, Sam and Lindsay. Thanks. Nice to see a bit of energy injected into the podcast. He was very flat. I'll tell you why he's flat, mate, because he's a Canes man, and they went all the way to Joburg. They had a 20-point lead, and they turned it up, and the Lions ran rings around him. And the Lions, all the way through to the final. You guys are just on the big Lions bandwagon this season because your own teams are no good. That's disgraceful. But yeah, that was a bit of a capitulation from the Hurricanes. It was uh, a pretty somber way to, to bow out. Did you guys? Hey, uh, mate, did you listen, guys stay up and watch that one? That's the last time we're going to hear that flat energy from you. Okay, you're going to lift it from now. Forget about the Canes. Yeah, I got up and watched it. I, I stayed up and watched it. Bloody good game. Great game, attacking right the way through. Yep, no fair play to them. We've got the two best teams, I think uh, it's fair to say, in the final. We'll, we'll chat about that uh, later. But uh, So, Sean, you, you can confirm you're not getting your back waxed. What are you up to at Ringham Moor, mate? Would you give it a rest, champ? Would you give it a rest? <laughs> oh, we just got champed on a podcast. <laughs> no no need for champing, mate. Around. No need for champing. Listen, mate, don't go throwing around wild accusations like that on a public platform like this, you know? that's not, I don't talk about... Um, Your gambling you know, issues, do we? Or, <laughs> well, or, I think we do, actually. We talk or, about our quite a lot. Is, or our co-panelists and he's dating. You know, what's happening on the dating scene he's with Doran? I don't talk about that. He's so, in a good place, I'll tell you that much. Doran is in a good place. Market there, okay? Yep. Beating the odds. All right, well, uh, look, we'll, we'll talk about some rugby just for a change. Uh, let, let's kick things off with the... Uh, Big news in Wallabies land this week, uh, the captaincy announcement, it, I, I guess uh, fairly predictable who, who they've gone for, but there, there was a few people uh, throwing up different options like like Adam Coleman. Shawnee, we'll, we'll start with you. Uh, was this a bit of a no-brainer for, for Checker to go with Michael Hooper as his new skipper? Absolute no-brainer. Let's not forget, guys, that he's been there and done it before. Admittedly, rushed into the role back in 2014, and that was in the middle of all that turmoil with... Uh, with your McKenzie and how you, you know, Squeak got injured, Hoops went in. It was it was a rough year for him to cut his teeth, but he's done it. He's led the Tars. I mean, he's the he's the perfect selection. And I just cannot get my head around. And maybe I'm missing something. Um, a lot of people, admittedly online, which we you know we sort of take here and there, but who are against it. I just don't understand that. I do not get... I cannot fathom that thought process when that guy buries himself game in, game out for his side. Yeah, sure. Look, firstly, you're often missing something, but on this occasion, you're spot on. And and look, let's not dive too deeply into the haters of the world and the bloggers. Like, yeah, it's important to get feedback, but I agree with you. Michael Hooper was the the out-and-out only choice, in my opinion. I don't think there was... Anyone else that you'd be comfortable with? You'd, sure, if he gets injured, there's other guys that can step in, but he's the perfect leader for this team. And Adam Coleman's playing great football. Why would people suggest to throw Adam Coleman into this position? It's his second year. Second year, but he's just starting to play some genuine, amazing rugby. Don't put more pressure on the bloke's shoulders. He's already running the Wallabies lineout, which has improved. Let him be you know, the best second rower in, in Australian rugby for two or three years consistently before we start talking about that. I've played under Michael Hooper. I, I got to watch Michael Hooper come into the Brumbies as a 17, 18-year-old. He, um, every now and then a guy comes across and you, you can just see something unique in him, and he was one of the guys that 
Matt Tamil was another one at the same age down there, and there was something really special about him. He was captain of the Wallabies three, four years ago. He's captain of the Waratahs when Dave Dennis was injured. He's won a Super Rugby title, filling in for Dave. And obviously he's now the regular Waratahs captain, and it's an outstanding choice from a, from a guy who uh, who every single week, whether you win or lose, he always leaves everything out in the field, and, and that's one of the, the greatest things about a captain is they empty the tank every week. So it's a good decision. Um, the whole Steve Moore standing down thing, it's a bit came as a bit of a shock, but I did think Steve either needed a long break, a six- or nine-month break, as a lot of the Kiwis do. Uh, ben Smith will take a sabbatical after this. Bledisloe, I believe. You know, that's what we need to start doing with our players. Well, I thought either Squeak needed a long break or, you know, he's called time. And I, I think it's a pretty admirable thing for him to do. It shows that he's a, you know, a selfless guy too. Yeah, Christy, we've, we've sort of covered him over the last couple of years. It seems like he has, he's getting more and more comfortable in that role, isn't he? You know, talking publicly and, and being that sort of inspirational figure. I know that he's gone away, he sort of worked quite, studied a lot of other good leaders and different techniques, and uh, yeah, he's quite an impressive individual at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, he certainly has, and, and if, you, if you go back a couple of years, I know that Stephen didn't want to necessarily talk about it too much, but you go back to 2014 when he came into the role it was it, it, the haters seemed to come from Queensland and I'm a Queenslander myself are you it, really wow it, I never it, knew that it, borderline let's, let's it, just where discuss are you from? it Brisbane but nonetheless it, it stems from the, the Ewan McKenzie kind of thing that you know with him being here a stunned out, out, out in the <laughs> so you about Queenslander and a Wellingtonite, whatever yep. they call themselves. You're better for it, Stephen. I'd rather be with you getting my back waxed, Sean. I don't even have any hair on my back. <laughs> there we go. Well, there's some proof there, some uh, collaboration. But but nonetheless, it, it comes from people not not liking the way that Michael Checker came into to, to that role as coach after Ewan's um, departure and, and Michael Hooper kind of being caught in the middle of it. And, uh, and and the number two is that he's just not a, your traditional number seven. He's not your David Bocock. Um, and and there will be some people that still go. Is he your ne- your best number seven? But this is an extremely. But you, but you know what's team. funny? The hang, thing on, is hang on a second. Are we seriously? Is that seriously a question? Is he the best seven in Australia at the moment? No, I don't, I don't think Lindsay's uh, uh, questioning uh, what, that. I think yeah. he's saying he's not a traditional. But I even disagree with that. I think the traditional number seven, like it all evolved when George Smith started playing on ball. Before that, you had David Wilsons and you know Jeff Millers and Simon Poitvins. They weren't necessarily like scavengers either. They were footy players, and that's. I think he's a traditional number seven just because he doesn't steal the footy. Mm. Everyone on the field should be able to yep. steal the footy at times. And if you don't, mm. if you can't, don't do it. Find other ways of slowing the, the ruck down. But he, he's an out-and-out footy player. And, and I, I get a little bit frustrated. You can tell I get frustrated yep. when people say he's not a traditional seven. Like Richie McCaw, he's not a hard, hard-on baller. Hoops is, isn't a hard, hard-on baller. There's so many aspects of their game. Support play, link play, defense, line speed, you know, kick chase. Like right. He is an out-and-out footy player. Yep. and. He's a seven. What I think about Michael Hooper now is he's picking his moments really well. And, and this year, I think in particular, he's not necessarily, as you're saying, Stephen, going in there at every opportunity. What George Smith himself does. He, he gave away the most amount of penalties this year, George Smith, because he's attacking that breakdown with such ferocity. We don't see that with Michael Hooper nearly as much. Um, and, and back to what you were saying, were though his leadership has improved immensely over the last 24 months. And, and those tough tough couple of years early on uh, has certainly probably held him in, in great stead going forward. Yeah, I think Let me just share this with, hang on a second, let me just share this with you guys. The other day I sat at my desk and I compiled a massive, massive highlights reel, Aussies only from the last three bledders, three years of Bledders Low Games. Saw it. The one yep. guy who popped up more than yep. any other Wallaby time and time again, and I'm not talking about line breaks, 
or open field play. I'm talking about in there, nitty-gritty, rubbing Brody Retallick in the face, going elbow to elbow with Sam Kane, mm. destroying Smashing himself. the bus. Yeah. Smashing the bus. It's Michael Hooper. You know what I mean? So, uh, again, I just thought, it's pr- he's proven. He's a proven performer in those games, and more than any other Wallaby, his face and his the frame pops up time and time again. So my, my point on that is as well, is we talk about I might not have had as many turnovers, but one stat we never read in rugby, and we don't talk about it, is the player that forces an opposition turnover through another play. So if you look at all the times, you, and I'm going back a few years now, but when the Tars started winning the comp and playing semi-finals, they would have Michael Hooper or Rob Horn or Kane Douglas, but Hoops in particular, would generate that many turnovers for the team with good line speed and a good front-on tackle, and he'd be driving someone back, and that was the team's opportunity. So that turnover might not go to Michael Hooper. That might go to the second or third person in who picks up the ball. But you don't have to just get on the ball harder to break down and pilfer it to get a turnover. You can you can force an opposition turnover by line speed or a dominant hit, and there's no one better in the game than, than Hoops at that. So that's where I get I get really frustrated because there's, this, there's almost an epidemic in Australian rugby, and I still play club footy, and I see it all the time. All these kids want to do is go and try and get a pilfer like Pocock mm. or George Smith. You know what? They'll go for 15 a game. They might get two or three. They'll give away five or six penalties. Yep. It's not worth it. Unless you're George Smith and you're going for 10 a game and you're getting three and giving away two penalties, Like your conversion rate doesn't work. So we've got to stop thinking that that is the way to steal a football. And we've got to start thinking you can slow it down, you can stand over the ruck, you can disrupt it, and there's other ways of having an impact in turnovers. Right, and just on that, just on George Smith, I'm not done yet. Just let me get this out before I get to my appointment. Just on George Smith, I'm so glad you bring him in there, Halsey, because the best battle this, I've seen this year between two individual players was the Waratahs v Queensland at Suncorp, where George took his game to another level and Hoops matched him and probably outpointed him by one or just one or two percentage points. Can't believe you're so saying that about what, George. I know, but this, that's what mate, that's that that's the reality of it. That's what happened and. He's a big, uh, such a cliche, he's a big game player. So when you throw him in against either Kane or Sevilla, he's going to go up a level, you know, and that's what you want from your captain. It just, again, I just I just cannot get my head around anyone questioning his appointment. It just, it is, yeah. I just cannot understand it. It's the bloggers, mate. Bloggers, right. I just can't get it. Mm. I, I, I respect their opinion and I appreciate that they've got something to say, but I don't understand it. All right, I think we're all on the same page there. So send your hate mail uh, through to us on on Twitter if you if you really do need to get it off your your chest or, or your back. If you if you waxed <laughs> your back and you need to get it off your back, send it through to Sean as well. Um, so tomorrow they're going to cut the the squad down for the rugby championship. They're going to trim about ten guys. Uh, Michael Checker for uh, a group of about thirty four to take on the All Blacks in that first test. Guys, can we see any bolters uh, being named tomorrow? He's going to name the vice-captains as well. I think Jordan Ulysses, I think, will probably get an opportunity with Tolu Latu injured. Um, any, any other guys that you think might uh, surprise a few people tomorrow? I, 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 don't, I don't think so. I think possibly the only one that we might find is, is maybe Curtis Rona, um, which, would be, which would be a little bit out there. Um, but there's not too many... There's one or two good outside centres, but but uh, there's an opportunity out wide, and I think Czech really likes the X factor that he brings. Uh, and there's also talk that you know Curtis is being eyed up by a few rugby league clubs. Um, and, and whilst you don't want to necessarily you know just hand over a Wallaby jersey or a, a Wallaby squad position, 
Um, that's something I think that, that Czech would be considering. He's a, he's a very good prospect, first year in rugby union, and by the end of the season was, was looking great for the force. And Tetra Faulkner, we're hearing he's going to probably get a, a spot there as one of the backup uh, props after some decent... Well-deserved too. ...form yeah. with the force. Uh, the, the locks, that's a pretty competitive spot, isn't it? Uh, Halls, Sean, what do, what do you reckon? Who, who's, there's going to be some tight calls there with Shorty, Simmons, go for it. Simmons, Douglas, oh. Carter. No, no, just just Arnold and uh, Hey Arnold and Coleman. No, I don't think you'd, I don't think you'd go away from that. But uh, for the squad, though, mate, we'll I think got a name I think Kane Douglas will find his way oh, back sorry, in. I thought, I thought we were picking our starting our starting fifteen. Uh, listen, mate, I listen. Hope, well, I've got a bit going on here. Uh, I think <laughs> I hope. I mean, I hope Kane Douglas. I hope Kane Douglas uh, goes back in. I hope he's he's been playing with the been playing some club footy in recent weeks. Maybe that's just giving him the spark back, giving the big fella the the rev. You know, get the engine revving again mm. and out whacking blokes. So I hope he's back in there. Christy, you spent some time tackling tackle bags up uh, Newcastle with with Kane the other day. How was he? Uh, look, he was loving being back in the in the Wallaby setup. I'd really like to hear from from Stephen in particular what makes Kane Douglas, you know, such a such a good player because we haven't seen the best of him since that World Cup final when he had that knee injury and it. It takes a while, obviously, to get back the kilometres back into it, uh, into your into your legs and the leg drive and so forth. But he was so stoked to be back there, um, doing the extra one percenters, like moving the scrum machine into position uh, when everyone else is battling. Sucking up, really? You're saying you're sucking up? He was sucking up. So, up. so he should be. He's, yeah. he's back in that wallaby setup. But see, what what makes Kane Douglas such a good player? Oh, look, I, I think it's his work rate. Like, he, when he played at his best footy, he was an extremely fit and mobile second rower. Like, he wasn't known for... Doesn't run a line out. Um, you know, he's not, not a guy that spends a huge amount of time focusing on that part of the game. He just got really good line speed in defence. Abrasive. He was just everywhere. And I think this is what's going to be great for him. Like, a three or four-week training block where... And you know, again, like, he might be the one example of when Czech says he doesn't think states are fit enough. I, I don't think Kane would be as fit at the Reds as he was a couple of years back under check at the Tars and so you know if he gets the running in his legs and he's at that level I'd be picking him not not necessarily on the starting side but I think a lot can change but two years ago we all thought he was our best lock now Adam Coleman is a mile ahead Rory Allen was going great but Kane is still a guy for me that I'd have in that squad and I think if he's work if he's dedicated to work hard enough um then I, th- I think we'll see him play some good footy. T- two things on that. Kane was talking about you know falling into some bad habits over the last year and a half, pro- probably being a little bit high in contact, and um, and, and that was something that he needed to to address really quickly. But number two, in terms of in terms of that line speed, there's a match in that World Cup against Wales when the Wallabies heroically held off Wales with 13 guys at one stage, and, and Douglas in particular, his line speed was just so instrumental to them holding Wales scores. Yeah, there's been no second row that, that, that has been able to get off the line and smack a 5-8 as often as Kane used to do. So, again, like a lot goes on. You, you go, he's, he went to Ireland, he had a bad back, he had surgery on his back, he came back, played in the World Cup, knee reconstruction, got married, moved to Brisbane, had his first child. Like, going through all that, you know, it can be, um, you know, over, overbearing at times. So I think he's now probably a lot, a lot better balance than what he was before all that stuff. And he's probably in a good place knowing that the back end of his career, he's had it taken away from him. I think when guys get stuff taken away from them and they really want it, they'll work hard. And, and I, I actually think if he's in the squad, I think we'll see the best of him soon. Yeah, he really is the forgotten man of Australian rugby. I think, as you touched upon, Sean, the, his problem is that uh, Coleman and Arnold are similar sort of players, physical, abrasive, and have gone ahead of him in the pecking order. So, yeah, I, I don't know if he will be able to squeeze into that squad, but all will be revealed <laughs> tomorrow. Uh, another another 
position that's pretty competitive as, as Christy uh, almost uh, hauls up his guts there with, with some coughing. Um, Centre and, and outside backs, the, the wings, there's a whole lot of options there with guys like Korobiti, Paresi, Magne. In, any thoughts on those positions and, and who might sneak in? Well, I think Paresi is a really good young talent. We saw that in the Aussie under-20s not long ago. And let's not underrate that competition and, and the standard of that because we saw Geordie Barrett and, you know, he, he was playing that a year ago and, and now he's just carving it up for, for in, in New Zealand. Um, Parisi's probably, you know, a little bit on the, on the small side, but he's just got so much aggression about him. I'd love to see him, you know, in the, in, in the squad. Whether or not he makes it is, is another thing, but certainly going forward, he'll be on that spring tour for, for sure. Great, great Christy, young player. Christy, Izzy Parisi's not a small guy. He is so strong. He's not small at all, mate. You got the wrong fella. No, he's, he's short. He's short. I know what he means, but he's like, short, he's, short but powerful. I agree. Like he, he punches out. He punches out far more than he looks like he can. His wingspan is enormous. He's big mate. He's big wingspan. He's fending blokes oh, off left and right. You know what? I, I, I'm trying. I'm still trying to understand how. Actually, no, I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that. We got him, we got him onto a spring tour, didn't we, Sean? Remember that? We damn right. With and him NRC. Get yep, him over yeah. there with our frequent flight. We got him over the him, line. Get him some, some lounge access. Yeah, that's um, right. Uh, look, fellas, I'm going to have to let you run. I'm going to have to, I've got to get off to my appointment. It's, um, it's not what you've been mentioning all the way through the podcast, so I just want to clarify that. It's not you. Uh, back. You're not getting your back waxed. I'm not. I've got, getting, up, I've got something else. He's getting plugs. Done. He's getting plugs put in. Okay, I've made off with the white flag on that long ago. Yeah, I just reckon you'd look amazing if you got plugs put in. Put it this no, way, like no, no one often sees a, like a commentator like you guys. Uh, you don't get much face action, so I reckon if you got plugs, no one would actually notice. Get them. Go get them. We've been enjoying Very that tracksuit of yours as well, Sean. Well done, mate. The black oh, tracksuit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the Adidas. Listen, if Adidas are out there listening. Take a look at Sean on the grassroots gauntlet and cough up because the bloke is a bloody good ambassador for Adidas, I tell you. Have and a look listen, at it. Listen, listen, just on that, I'm off to uh, the Singleton Bulls tonight to go and do our next grassroots gauntlet, so that should be good fun. I had a lot of fun uh, You packed the tracksuit? Yeah, I'm damn right, mate. It's the first thing that gets packed, that and the megaphone, I'm out the door. Listen, I've got to run. Uh, Singleton calls. And I will uh, be cheering on the Lions this week. That's my tip. Before you guys get to the Super Rugby, I think the Lions uh, will be deserved. Here's an idea just before you go. What they take off your back, get it put on your head. Do that. (laughs) 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 See you later, Sean. I often get that Thanks the track reverse when I'm talking to Sean. The, just comes uh, up. I think he has a lot of reception issues when I talk to him. Just that was the final dagger to yeah. the back there. He's he's, yeah. he's taken off. Well, uh, he would have a full. Uh, I reckon he would get a full head of hair out of his back hair. Uh, absolutely, definitely, absolutely. No, yeah. uh, very good suggestion. Hopefully, he follows through and we can see a more sweet uh, Sean Maloney. But why don't Adidas cover the like you know get Adidas on board? Sean's doing all he can. Why don't they cover the podcast, the Adidas Rugby Podcast? Great yeah. initiative. Yeah. Great initiative. Well, uh, Adidas, Adidas, whatever you want to be called. Spread the word. Yeah. Spread the Send word. Send us a text or tweet us. <laughs> tweet us. <laughs> um, great segue there from Shawnee before he slipped off to his favourite little uh, salon. Um, Super Rugby final. Uh, unfortunately, it's not going to be on. It's, it's a bit frustrating for us. Not on at 10.30. Oh, yeah, why not? There's a final one, is there? They're still they've, going. <laughs> they've, pushed it, they've pushed it back to midnight. Why not, Sam? Why, why, have they, why have they pushed it back? I've got no idea, mate. I imagine it uh, is better for TV ratings. So what time does that work out in New Zealand? Like 2 o'clock. 2 a.m. 2 a.m. 2 a.m. For, if you're in Christchurch, you've got to get up at 2 a.m. That's madness. Why wouldn't they do midnight there and 10 o'clock here? Yeah, I guess uh, they're going to oh, get... Well, a, there's a lot of issues. They're going to get a bigger Probably audience uh, over in the Republic, possibly in, in uh, Europe as well. I'm not too sure. but uh, well, It's the first final si- in a long time. So 60,000 people will sell out at Ellis Park. Isn't it's it a really absolutely fizzing. So five years ago, you would have said 
get rid of Lions, rugby's dead in Johannesburg. Mm. That's what you'd have said because the crowds there are terrible. Uh, and like we're facing, you know, similar topics in the West and Melbourne, and you just need a successful side that play a really good brand of rugby because these Lions have been building for about three years. You know, in 2015 they missed out the semi finals by a point, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I remember playing them a couple of weeks before the last round, thinking, "Wow, these guys are the real deal. They're all young guys on the way through." And three, two years later, they're ready to go. Yeah, it's amazing what uh, you know a coach with a bit of vision and, yep. and um, some discipline can do. Like Johan Ackerman, he, he started off in the Curry Cup with with a lot of those young guys that he's now turned into absolute superstars, and and they're very loyal to him. They haven't had too much turnover um, with their roster. So yeah, it just shows what you know a coach with a plan can achieve and completely turn around a, an absolutely downtrodden franchise. Like they were, you would have played against some awful Lions teams back in yep. the, the day. They were an absolute the laugh. Cats, the Lions, absolute yeah. laughing stock, weren't they? Um, so, yeah, look, uh, unfortunately, Ackerman's leaving next season, so a huge... Uh, Off to the English Premiership. Yeah, the yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see him, no doubt, turn them around as well because he's clearly got a lot to offer and should probably be the, the next Springbok coach, really. But, uh, yeah... Well, just, just, just on that, it's probably a, a beneficial thing for, for South African rugby down the track that, you know, Ackerman gets to experience some overseas coaching and, and it's something that not a lot of, you know... Stephen Larkham, some people would say that it would be great if Stephen can get a, 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 overseas and, um, and experience a, a different way of coaching, a different environment, because he's just been at the Brumbies his entire life. But we, we know that, obviously, the Bernie's now going to be with the Wallaby set up for 2019 and, and going forward. But yeah, yeah it's, a good, it's a good point you make. Like Even from a player point of view, I would never have thought that if when I started my career, I would never have thought of going to the UK to improve my rugby. But now, if I had my time all over again, I'd probably try and go there in my... Well, Billy yeah. makes it 23, 24, 25. Where would you pick, mate? Where would you dream if you had your time again? Uh, dream scenario. I was at one stage close to going to Northampton. Um, you know what? The, the thing is, the venue isn't important in the UK. That's the problem we get lost in. People look to go to the south of France and live in these wonderful parts of the world. That's awesome. But if you want to go to improve your rugby, you go to one of the powerhouse clubs. You go to a, you know, you go to a Leicester, Saracens, even Exeter at the moment. Like yeah. you know, talking to everyone who's been there. Pat Fibs, uh, who works at Rupinet, he played there five years ago and. He was with a lot of those academy kids coming through, and they've, they've actually, every club in the UK, because of you know their model's really good, they own their clubs, they get, get members, they get good crowds, they, they almost know... Yeah, big academies. To, yeah, big academies, really good resources, so I'd probably pick extra at the moment if I could go anywhere. Go join DD. Yeah, Dan go Exeter. play Denner, Julian Salvi, Lockie... Oh. Lucky Turner, there's a few of them there. There you go. We'll there's, yep. a, there's a cry for help with Eddie Das, and now a cry from help for Halsey. He wants one last contract in Exeter. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm just saying if I have my chance again. Uh, no, but if you're out there, Exeter, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the final. H- how do we see this game playing out? Like the Crusaders, of, co- of course, uh, absolute star-studded roster, but the travel factor, we, we look over, over the years, I think the home team in the finals won about 70% of those games. Well, no team has ever won crossing the, the, the Indian Ocean. Yeah, yeah this uh, is the hardest road This is the hardest road trip in Super Rugby for mine. The one good thing, the Crusaders won. haven't had to do, like they've been at home until this point, like they've only mm. got to do this one trip, it's harder coming back isn't it, like that's when you really get found yeah, out so but it's, it's a, not it's as It's a bad. lot harder going to Johannesburg, the altitude, like I've, I've never liked playing there just because of you, you literally just feel short of air like there's no other way of describing it you feel gassed at the 20 minute mark and what, what techniques over the years have, have your teams <coughs> used to try and overcome it like what is there anything you can do to to mitigate it i think over the years they used to say you had to be there for as long as possible um which was tough because staying at the at the high veld was always pretty boring you'd rather be down not you know i'd rather be down at cape town or durban on the beaches similar to environment to back home but pretoria another one Port- of your uh, bloemfontein yeah <laughs> um I miss Bloemfontein. 
Pretty good spot. Um, look, I, I think it's the hardest road trip in world rugby to go from New Zealand um, through Australia over to South Africa. Wipes out a better part of two days, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. And I, you know, I thought, you know, the interesting thing about Super Rugby, we all complained at the start of the year about how the conference is wrong and it doesn't work. And I, I still don't think that, that works. But these have been the two best teams in the competition. And it has been for the last four years you've almost seen the, the two best teams match off in the final. So... You're getting something right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're getting the best teams. You would have been. You'd be so filthy if some one of the sides, you know, got tenth like the Brums and won a home final. And but anyway, we've got the two best teams. I just think it's going to be so hard for the Crusaders to go over there and play against the Lions, who no one else, no other New Zealand side could have come from twenty behind to beat the Canes on the weekend. Only the Lions could mm. do that because they've got threats all over the park. Like they play a different foot a game of rugby compared to all the other South African sides. You know, the parts of their game, they big traditional South Africans, how they try and two men in the tackle and hold you up and, you know, kill a lot of ball. But in attack, like, they just play differently. They get their backs run and blocker runs for their forwards. I just think they're a really intelligent team. They're well coached and they've got threats all over the field. They don't even have their captain, Warren Whiteley, in the side at the moment, who I think is a, a fantastic footy player. But Jesse, or Yako Krul is their captain and, you know, he's inspirational yeah, too. Johan's son, Ryan Yeah, Quokka Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Their line-out is fantastic yeah, too. Yeah, it's well Franco Mostert standing into an absolute oh, beast as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's going to be an enthralling match. It's but hard to say which way it will go. But one thing the Crusaders certainly do have is just so much experience, particularly in that forward pack. Uh, you can't write them off um, at, at all. It will, be, it will go down to last, I reckon, yeah, 20 minutes or so. They, they do seem like a bit of a team of destiny, though. The Lions, um, Ackerman's last season, they, they played pretty awful mm. in that quarterfinal against the, the Sharks. Um, we're lucky to win that. Uh, Ruin Combrink with that monster penalty. What and a boot he has. Yeah, to, to, and I just think they, they that big comeback, they just have that feel of, they obviously lost last year, this is, it does feel like it's going to be their year to me anyway, and I think that everyone on Kick and Chase uh, agreed on, on the panel the other night as well. Yeah, and again, I, I just think that, you're right, didn't play well in a quarterfinal, only had a good half in the semi-final, so they've, they've been nervous, but that's part of being a front-runner and having a home final and pressure, but I think last week would have given them a lot of belief, and if they can tidy up their defence and if they can defend like they did in the second half, then you know they've got, they've got points in them naturally. They've got threats everywhere. So, you know, I, I picked the Lions. I thought they'd win last year. Um, it was going to be a tough trip to get mm-hmm. to the final. And as soon as they lost that final, and you saw the draw come out this year, I've picked them from the start. So I'm going to stick with them. Well, one thing I, I think I'm a pick and stick bloke. We'll s- stick. we'll see that we saw a very open match last week. That I don't think necessarily will occur this this Saturday Sunday Sunday morning with uh, the Crusaders. Their line speed. Uh, you look, they, they held the Highlanders pointless in that quarterfinal. The Chiefs took them an eternity to crack that line and that only happened with, what, 10 minutes to go. So but they're just so patient, the Crusaders. Like, they're a well-oiled machine. You know, the, the odd thing is, a lot of these guys in this team probably haven't won a Super Rugby title. You know, there's probably only a couple, like a Kieran Reid, maybe. And well, 2008. We, we go on, they're, we go on yeah. about how successful they are, but yeah. it's been about nine years since yeah. they actually won a, a they've title. Gone, so they've gone very close and they've played a lot of semi-finals yeah. in that time. But so you're right, they will be very hungry, yeah. Yeah, they'll be ultra hungry and determined and they're fantastic and you know their system they know semi-final footy better than anyone have you seen any difference with the the crusaders obviously they, they didn't win one under blackadder what's razor robinson been able to do over the oh, i think they look a little bit more consistent defensively i think they're they're squeezing teams a lot more so they're they're if you look back in the years of the crusaders like they actually never really had a very good line out all, all those years they were winning super rugby they just had such talented players all across the park I think now they've got a better line-out under Razor Robinson. They've probably got better defence. 
I don't know if they've got 45 points in them against the Lions. Like you would have said, the, lo- the Crusaders of years gone by could just go bang, bang, bang. But I don't think they've got that. I certainly think their defence is their strong point, and they grind teams to win games as opposed to they, they kick the ball a lot. Like we think, we think of the Crusaders as these fancy Harlem Globetrotters, but they're they're certainly not that. They're probably w- one of the more conservative sides in, in New, New Zealand rugby, yeah. but they've just got excellent skills to when they do get they get three or four chances a game and they take all of them. Yeah, I think we'll see them play a pretty conservative style this weekend, uh, given the travel factor and, and altitude. We saw the Hurricanes fade in the second half. Uh, their lungs started burning. So I think the Crusaders will, you know, ironically for a New Zealand team, I think they'll probably try and slow the game down, you know, take their time getting to set pieces and, and, and use that forward pack. Israel Dagg's huge booted altitude. That'll be a, a real weapon. Mm. So I think that's how they'll they'll go about it. But, yeah, fascinating uh, jewel in front of us um, before we rip into the... Test season. Any any final thoughts, guys? We had the, the we should touch on the Wallaroos actually, who uh, flew out um, for their World Cup on on Tuesday. Um, lots of smiles and, and excitement there. Um, they they start their campaign in a, a week against Ireland, Ireland at, at a sold out uh, sixteen thousand seater venue in uh, in Dublin, which is great. Yeah, that would be awesome. I think um, it's a you know it's a really interesting time for women's rugby because we're hearing so much about the the growth of the sport and it's it's amazing. Like there's competitions, you know, sevens competitions all around the country and. You know, that's on the on what the women's sevens did. So it's it's nice to see the women's fifteen. You know, get a bit of exposure, and they do need to go well because they're going up against a lot of girls, that, a lot of countries that are in a professional environment. And these girls aren't. They're all amateurs still. They're all taking time off without pay to to get on this trip. So it's a it's a huge occasion for them, and and I hope they do really well. Yeah, talking to them a lot. It shows that there's still so much more that can be done, though. Like they, they only got together, I think, on Sunday as a team. They they did have that tour to New Zealand, which is obviously great against the the top three teams yep. in the world. But like they're going to get over to, to Ireland. They don't have a warm up game. Like it's it's very very tough to, yeah. uh, to ask them to then produce results. It's um it's really interesting though because everyone's saying we've got to do more, we've got to do more. Like we've got to they be are re- doing more. But yeah, well, yeah, no, but we've got to be really careful with how we do this. And I don't want to come across as a someone who's just trying to push men's rugby. Not at all. I love women. I've got two daughters. I've got a mother. I've got a wife. Like, I'm thinking it's really important that women's rugby get the support they need. But England have actually just announced that yeah, after this huge. World Cup, they're not going to fund the women's game professionally. They're going to focus on the sevens. And then two years from the next 15s World Cup, they'll pick up the funding again. So yeah. we've got to be really, really clever with, you know, we're putting a... You've got to prioritise something. You do, you yeah. And we're putting, choose, we're putting yeah. a huge amount of emphasis, time and money into the sevens program. And that's an Olympic sport now. So we've got to be really mindful. Like, we're trying to solve everything and we've we've just got to be careful with how we do this yeah yeah oh, look, it's, it's hard to add any anything more on that you said any more thoughts my thought is final the, thought the, the game on sunday the, the super rugby final rests on elton yantis he's a very flaky player a little bit like quade cooper for me if he starts strong he generally does all right yeah i think it was what one from six from the team in the quarter final almost cost him the game and then against the canes he, he couldn't miss so um yeah you, you're quite right he's a he's a uh yeah <laughs> Rocks or diamonds sort of play out in the NCs, no doubt. Who's your tip? Uh, yeah, Lions, I think. Like, like I said, I think they've just got that team of destiny feel about them. Yeah. So Lions in a, in a classic. I think it will be a real classic. Yeah. Great yep. story as well. Yeah, Lions for me. Yeah, Lions. Lions. <laughs> Lions, Lions, Lions. Good stuff. We'll, uh, we'll check in next week. Uh, team, thanks for listening. And uh, hopefully Sean Maloney will have a, a new improved... Uh, Back and head. <laughs> head to... T- <laughs> to show off to the masses but uh, thanks and for tuning in and hopefully some good news from Adidas Adidas yeah <laughs> things are really humming yeah. along at the podcast tweet us <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week bye